Hi, it's David Woodwell, Pennsylvania Legacies, the Pennsylvania Environmental Council podcast of people and uh, working in environmental and conservation movement in Pennsylvania, what makes them tick, what they're up to, where they came from, and maybe even where they want to be in the future and what kind of legacy they want to leave behind. Uh, today, it is my great pleasure to have with us Patrick Starr, who is Senior Vice President of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council and with whom I've had the pleasure of working for 25 years it's pushing pushing uh, it is pushing patrick's based in philadelphia uh and for a number of years we have had a usually friendly uh going back and forth eastern pennsylvania western pennsylvania thing but now really working in concert across the state and patrick thank you for being here today delighted uh so uh this this environment thing, you and I have been in place at one organization basically for 25 years each, which is kind of unusual. Why did that happen to us? <laughs> Maybe you can explain that. I definitely found a kind of home at PEC that I recognized once I got there and got to know the organization better. You know, I, I came from a background where my dad was a small businessman, and you could say in many ways he was a polluter. And meanwhile, the kids, all of us were enviros doing stream cleanups and fun things outdoors. Uh, you know, and so PEC has that kind of combination of, you know, we, we, we embrace business, we embrace outdoorsmen, we embrace all types of people who want to improve Pennsylvania's environment. And so when I saw it, and I realized it's also a place where you can be innovative and creative like that creativity is welcome here it's just worked well and you're now a center city, center city philadelphian living you know with a very cool historic home and the original small home you know like the small home movement trinities are it they yeah even yeah small, <laughs> you, you were there well before this stuff that's going on right right now. and you know small houses that's what we do it's it, i mean because it's interesting you know, Philadelphia, part of the megaplex, you know, mm -hmm. D.C., Philly, Boston, New York. It's not a place that one always thinks about, you know, the outdoors and recreation. But, indeed, you're somebody who recreates outdoors all the time, and there's really been a change there. Well, I do think it's one thing that I contribute as not being a native Philadelphian. I certainly brought a slightly different perspective on this. You know, so having always spent a lot of my time... Uh, going to state parks, um, exploring on trails and stuff like that. When I first went to college in, in Philly, it was like something I searched for. How do I do these things? Because I need to do these things. So I began looking for that early on. Now, notwithstanding that I was also really very into the city life and coming from a small town, it was a big, exciting experience to be living in Philadelphia, but definitely needed to get out. So early on, biking and exploring those options for getting out of the city, um, day trips and things of that nature. So, again, that's where PEC was really interesting because my prior employment had been more focused on some urban planning and community with oriented. With the city of Philadelphia. I was with the city. Yeah. I was also with a nonprofit called the Foundation for Architecture that was very focused on civic design issues. And, and meanwhile, all through that time, I was a volunteer with a local 
Civic Association called the Spruce Hill Community Association that I eventually became president of. But so I was involved with all these things. But then Peck was interested in that interesting sort of toggle point, if you will, between community life and the out of doors. And so it was just a natural fit for me as I got more and more involved. Well, and as you, as this has evolved, as what we've done in our work has evolved, Philadelphia has, it seems, has reached out further beyond the city. Is that something that's always happened? Is that something new in terms of trying to make linkages to the Northeast, pay more attention to Delaware as an entire basin? Well, so I think you're talking now, you're sort of alluding to our circuit trails network and the fact that it's regional in character. And I think that that's, frankly, a contribution that PEC brought to the table. So historically, you know, a big city like Philadelphia is a very inward-looking place. As far as they're concerned, they're, they're the be-all, end-all. And so people who are naturally of that place find it very difficult to look very far beyond. Probably I shouldn't be saying these things, but, you know, I think that there's been a realization, a growing realization, that it really is a city and a region. Now, early at Peck, <laughs> as a guy living in Center City, Philadelphia, my job was working with something called the Green Space Alliance, and it was focused on open space protection in southeastern Pennsylvania. Well, where was most of that happening? Chester County, Bucks County, Montgomery County. So I got to develop a lot of connections outside the city because we are a statewide organization. And I'd like to think that our perspective has helped to drive things like the creation of the circuit, looking at it from the whole metropolitan scale. So what is the circuit? For those who don't know. Yeah, exactly. Well, the circuit itself is a uh, metropolitan system of trails, multi-purpose trails. So they're, think of paved or at least hard fines types of surfaces. And the idea is they they provide both a transportation benefit but also a real recreational benefit. Um, Many of our circuit trails connect towns and places often along rivers or rail corridors. So they get you out to see the river, the Schuylkill River Trail, the Perkyoman Trail. Many of them are those kinds of places. So in a metropolitan area like the Philadelphia area, there are often little slivers of green spaces that connect these communities. So it's a a coalition of groups. It's uh, nine counties, a bunch of different municipalities, something like 300 putting together this trail system, 750 miles. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you work for an environmental group. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, so do I. Why? Are, why <laughs> I was going to say, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We why, do. why are we doing trails? I mean, it's we've had this discussion. Well, so trails aren't what you think of normally as sort of environmental protection, and you know, is it just because we like to ride? Or well, that certainly has some to do yeah. with it, after all. But uh, I think it's just this very basic understanding that if people don't have a connection, which is a personal experience of natural resources, they're not very likely to be advocates or stewards of those natural resources. One of the things that I began to recognize in my own career talking about environmental issues was that most everyone that I knew and worked with could could talk about their experiences of the out-of-doors as young people. And sometimes that was family-related, sometimes it was not so much. Maybe it was, you know, Girl Scouts, 
Boy Scouts, those sorts of things. What I realize is that so many people who had missed out on that really also didn't have any sense of the environment. I mean, very simple things like being afraid of the environment even. Um, and that's a very urban perspective. And I have heard that perspective from people who grew up in the city. I mean, literally, like, the woods are scary. Um, dirt is scary. You know, worms are scary. <laughs> you know, really basic things. And you realize it's like, oh, my gosh, if that's the perspective, how are we going to bring along these millions of Pennsylvanians who live in towns and cities in our state and bring them along on this conservation environmental agenda that we have. So it just seemed natural to me that you would create ways to get people to experience the outdoors. So at PEC, we've done that now for years with water trails. So again, the opportunity to get on a river and experience that. Um, land trails are obvious ways to do that. Historically, even before we were doing that, we were talking about greenways. We were doing greenways maps 20 years ago at PAC. Yes. And we were doing, again, open space with the idea that people are going to be able to get out to the open space and they're going to experience nature. And that's going to have a, a it might not be a transformative experience the first time it happens, but over time it is a transformative experience for them. Well, let me tell you, you were talking about perspective and the different perspective. You grew up in Chambersburg, definitely Philadelphian. Say you don't own a car. <laughs> I'm an, I am a true urbanite. You are yes. a true urbanite, as, and I'm saying this as Use one public on transportation, the, don't own a car. Yeah, I'm on the turnpike all the time. I love well, it. So uh, am I, that, except in a rental, rental car. car. That's but, the difference. So then the perspective <laughs> thing, you've been, over the last couple of years, getting out of Philadelphia a lot more. Well, for work. For work. Uh, for work. Yeah. Plenty so, before, but. so what's the... Talk about... Is there a different way to see Pennsylvania? What, it's a very varied state. Mm-hmm. Do you have some thoughts about that? Well, I do. I mean, um, it is really varied in terms of perspective. And, I mean, let's face it. You started out talking about megalopolis. The city of Philadelphia and the area immediately around it tends to think of itself as an East Coast community, tends to look to peer cities like New York, Baltimore, Washington, and tends to think in terms of what are they doing as well. So all places are naturally competitive with other places. So I think that a very helpful, unique thing that we can bring to the table, which I enjoy about my work at PEC, is that it's the dialogue between the East and the West and the sort of different perspectives. So where am I going with this? I'm not quite sure. But I think that, you know, historically, a place like Philadelphia existed in an environment of Lancaster County and relationships to natural resources from the Northeast, where the coal was coming from, that, that fueled the industry that the city had. You know, there were these relationships that went all the way back to the West, why, were there, why are there refineries in Philadelphia? Well, because oil was found in western Pennsylvania, was shipped to Philadelphia and refined. That's why the industry is there. So those connections are, are still, there's still remnants, but those connections have maybe, you know, diminished over time. And I think that we bring this to what we do, you know, look at Pennsylvania, recognize that you're part of this whole thing because you are part of the Commonwealth. And that's, yeah. 
and the Commonwealth has also a lot of varied issues going. And we've talked a lot about the trails, the outdoor recreation, yeah. and you know, Peck's work there and other pieces. But you've also been incredibly involved in a lot of water quality issues in and around Philadelphia, including you know, stormwater in Philadelphia, <coughs> work, on right. Hicken, work on the Delaware River, really the entire stem, the tidal parts. It's You know, the water quality problems unite Pennsylvanians. I mean, I think it's fascinating would have had no reason to know, you know, that Pennsylvania has the most miles of rivers and creeks other than the state of Alaska. But as a Pennsylvanian, you put together that, hey, it rains a lot and, heck, it's hilly out there. And you right away can figure out how that could actually be true because the topography of the state is pretty insane. And I grew up in the middle, so I know that. Um, but then the water quality problem is clearly something that all of us have to confront and deal with. It has just some different versions or variations. You know, the abandoned mine drainage problem that is typical of, say, the Appalachian region doesn't extend down into south central or southeast. Geology rules is what I've always said, you know, so the geology drives that difference. But the problems are essentially the same in Pennsylvania, which is watersheds don't respect are municipal boundaries. They cover, in Pennsylvania, sometimes hundreds of municipalities are in the same watershed. How do you achieve collective response and re collective action to clean up water in a Pennsylvania watershed? That'll keep us all employed forever, <laughs> right. just trying to right. figure that out. And I'm really excited and proud of the fact that we're deeply involved in a total maximum daily load project on the Wissahickon Creek, just 16 municipalities, just four wastewater treatment plants. But that alone says 20 permittees in a watershed that, don't quote me, but I think it's about 100 square miles. You just got quoted. So yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Don't quote so, yeah. me. Don't hold me up. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, it's yeah. like, point is, not a really big watershed. And a lot of actors right. and players. And that's a Pennsylvania problem that is anywhere you go in Pennsylvania, that's the struggle. Right. So what's a TMDL and why does it matter? <laughs> well, a TMDL is basically how much Total of... Total maximum daily load. I think I said that you already. Did, but but, I'm, you know, yeah, I'm going back, so yeah. it's, it's, it's basically how much of a pollutant a receiving water body, like a creek, can, can have in it and still meet water quality standards. So people don't like this expression, but... You know, dilution being the solution or is the solution. Essentially, you can have minimal amounts of certain pollutants, and it's not going to be harmful. Now, the Wissahickon is a great, interesting example of the problem here because the Wissahickon... Which is in Philadelphia. Which is, a, no, well, a little bit in Philadelphia, but mostly outside. It's mostly a Montgomery County watershed that then ultimately flows into the city and into the Schuylkill River. But it's a watershed that has so heavily developed, um, I think it's upwards of 20%, 30% impervious and developed land at this point. Um, <clears throat> as a consequence, there's actually less water in the creek than there should be naturally. So you get into this really funny thing where if you could actually increase base flow in the Wissahickon, you might be able to solve certain pollutant problems by literally having more water to help with the dilution. <laughs> yeah. You can also, of course, work on reducing the amount of the, of the pollutant. In this case, I'm talking about phosphorus or sediments getting into the water body. But that's what makes this so interesting because 
in a watershed that's so heavily impacted by development, it's this interesting battle between trying to improve water getting in, base flow, managing all of that, and reducing pollutants being discharged into it. It's crazy to help to try to get people who are not directly involved with this to actually understand it and then be part of the solution. It's really hard. And you're having to be pretty creative and go outside the sort of normally yeah. accepted ways yeah. of doing stuff, which is a maybe a hallmark of some of your work, too. Well, I like, you know, I, I like to think that uh, we try to be creative, and there's nothing more fun than taking the path less traveled in my mind. So it's much more fun to try to figure out to do it a different way that challenges the normal assumptions. And so in the case of the Wissahickon, we're talking about something called an alternative to the TMDL. So we're actually working on the alternative to the TMDL. And there's only a couple of these that have happened in the country and maybe one other one even in the Commonwealth that's actually in, in progress. Um, this makes it more fun. I mean, we're out of the box. <laughs> we're outside the box, and we're talking about how do you how do you solve this problem with a lot of moving parts and a lot of partners. Different, well, a lot of partners, and maybe not all partners. A lot of people, a lot of interested parties. Let's put it that way. And skeptics so, yeah. and regulators are in the room, and it's all it's a very interesting universe. But that's what makes going to work every day a lot of fun. <laughs> so, so where do you see all this heading? I mean, you know, what's the sort of the legacy piece when <laughs> when you finally hang it up and just go off and ride literally ride into the, sun, into the sunset ride. on my bicycle? Yeah. Um, well, I really hope that what we have is the infrastructure first to just give Pennsylvanians the ability to connect to the outdoors. Because the traditional historic relationships and ways of connecting have declined for a whole lot of reasons. I grew up in a place where I didn't know the Thanksgiving holiday didn't always include Monday. But in where I grew up, we were off school on Monday because it was the first day of deer hunting season. That isn't so much a part of the experience of a lot of Pennsylvanians today who, not even city, we're talking suburban, no experience of that hunting experience, of that fishing experience, of getting outdoors. So it's really our responsibility to create that infrastructure, and that's everything from trails that we've talked about for hikers, bikers, runners. It is creating the access points on rivers for kayakers and so on. It's creating opportunities for people with disabilities to be able to enjoy and experience these things. There's so many components to it. It's really a lot of great work. It's fun work. So I hope we've done that. I also hope that we've clearly left behind models for how to address the legacies of Pennsylvania's past development. And none of the things that we're trying to clean up are simple to clean up. <laughs> They're all complex. So whether it was because of some extraction industry that we had, or whether it's just because we've developed so much of the farmland and now it's all suburban homes and industries, or even because it's intense agriculture. We need to leave behind clear models that actually work. And I'm afraid that all of them have a common denominator, which is multiple parties have to be part of the solution and you have to actually talk to people and you actually have to work together and we all know that 
most of us would just go our own way if we had our druthers. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just the normal yes. way to just, I'll do it myself. These problems are not simple problems. It's not a pipe with a discharge that you can put a control and a permit on. This is a lot of people have to work together. That's what I hope, that we've left those models, we've created them, and we've actually had real success, and we can sh point to the success, because I'm a big believer in people need to see the success. You show it to them, because you can talk until you're blue in the face, but if you can't show them success, they're never going to understand what you're talking about. I will take that as a challenge for our next 25 years. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, let's <laughs> we'll see how many of those we get to go. But thank you for doing this. It is greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, what, look for Patrick out there. There's a lot of his work. Is, uh, you can see on uh, the Peck website at www.peckpa.org. Uh, and he also, every year, has an environment ride out of Philadelphia, a three-day ride. And so if you're interested in that, pay attention. Come along for Come a along ride. for that. And uh, we look forward to the next time. So, Patrick, again, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you, Dad. It was fun. Pennsylvania Legacies is a production of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. The views expressed by guests and even by the host are not necessarily those of the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. Our thanks to Regan Curry, who produces this show for us, and also to Very Tight Recordings and Matt, who provides us with the studio space in Sharpsburg, Pennsylvania. Check him out. It's a great facility if you need recording work. And look for the Pennsylvania Environmental Council at www.peckpa.org. Thanks for listening.